Hello, and welcome into another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. We have a very exciting and fun episode for you today. We, of course, are going to talk about all of the latest movie and TV news in this What's Poppin' edition of our show. We're going to talk about the Loki Season 2 trailer. Could it be here, potentially, Kirk, to save Marvel in its darkest hour? We'll see. We're going to talk about the very first domino to fall in terms of movie delays in this WGA SAG after ongoing strike. We're going to talk about the Lando Calrissian series, which had a major shakeup in a notable way uh, with regards to writing and directing and show running. And we're going to talk about Spy Kids being back. Plus, we have to get into a giveaway. We're giving away something on this episode to one lucky winner from last week, and we are going to announce our even bigger giveaway for August. Let's get into it. Thank you, thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. It's Monday, July 31st, and we're here to say goodbye to the month of July, say hello to the month of August, and get into all the movie and TV news that happened over this last week, and there was a significant amount of it, Kirk. Really, just kind of like wacky stuff going on. An explosion. An explosion of news, which is exciting because as we're going through the WGA SAG-AFTRA strikes... We're still getting all of this news that we can talk about for the future. Yes. Um, not to like uh, excite you for the struck companies, but in order to prepare you for when the strike is over to celebrate those artists, those actors, the crew members, and everyone who put the pieces together uh, and not those evil money grungers. Well, and there's rumors, Kirk, that they're, they might be interested in finally coming to the table. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, there were a few sources. Obviously, you know how this stuff goes. Yeah, yeah. You got you to read between the lines a little bit. But there are sources that are saying that some of the major studios may be ready to come to the table on some of this stuff. And I hope that they are because that, that's what's been confusing about this the whole time is the refusal to negotiate right. on this. They're basically like, no, this is ridiculous. We're not coming to the table. And it's like, hold on. Let's have a conversation. And I hope that um, it's the, you know, again, the Barbenheimer wave that has pushed them over the edge to say, like, this is it. You know, we can we can make money in this industry still. We don't have to go penny pinching. We can there is an opportunity to be seized here. Let's figure out how we can work with these talented people. Some might say there's an opportunity. <laughs> they might. I hope not. They, I mean, you might, I guess. Um, but yeah, I hope that they see the opportunity. I hope that they understand that if they don't turn this around and come to the table, they're, they're risking. I mean, I don't want to be dramatic or hyperbolous at all, but they really are risking another COVID-sized setback for this industry when it just, I mean, just 
started coming back. Absolutely. And that's the worst thing to see is your favorite movies or the movies that you're excited for that you get the narrative start, that organic narrative. That is what's key. That's why the big studios pay influencers to just talk about it. That's the whole reason. It's it's cheaper marketing than putting up the Super Bowl ad and a constant, constant, constant barrage of of playing this in your favorite, uh, favorite programs, but which is not really available anymore in yeah. this new day and age so it's very clear that this needs to be the end of it i mean the the writer strike for sure has been go- going on for over 80 days we're probably already crossed 90 and the sag aftra coming soon yeah and and i know everybody's tired of hearing about barbenheimer by now probably you know probably just tired of hearing that word in general because it's been so blown up but we can't stop talking about it because the reason is it that wave kept rolling this weekend. If you saw the box office numbers, only a like 42, 44% drop for both of those films. Yeah. Unheard of. I mean, like, uh, and, and just for people who don't follow the box office stuff quickly, because I had my, my dad over the weekend was like, is that bad? I'm like, no, it's good. It sounds bad because it's like a low, lowish drop, second lowish drop on record or something like that. You don't want your money to drop week over week. So anytime you see a movie that going into its second weekend only drops 50% from last week or less. That's like very, very good. So the fact that both of those movies dropped less than 50% and were in like the low 40s is insane. So that's clearly resonating. This is like appointment viewing. People have to get in to see these movies and they're doing it and they could be saving the industry. Yes, Barbie is almost clearing a billion dollars. It's past <sighs> 700 million. Unreal. It's it's like teetering on 800 mil and Oppenheimer is almost at half um half a bill. Sorry, I said mil. Half a bill yeah. for, for Oppenheimer. It's insane how how rapid these are going. I hope that we get some updates midweek this coming week yeah. that tell us that they've both crossed their next thresholds and just keep going. Like let's hit let's hit both of them at a billion. Let's break records. Because if they can do that, maybe the studio because they're very narrow-minded they can't see very far they're only looking at the most recent dollars so if they could see both of these hit a billion maybe that's what i'll also just say fine just keep doing this yes that's <laughs> what we need that's what we need we need the money to come because money talks yeah. to, to these to these people and we need it to just be insurmountable to where they just can't they're like all right we got to figure this out because we're leaving money on the table and original Um, stories too right mm -hmm. so the studios have pushed i feel like for all these sequels but here we have two original stories some ip behind one of them but still definitely never been live action before told like this it's really a testament to the power of story from an original standpoint versus let's sequel everything yeah Absolutely. Not everything has to be a franchise. Not everything has to be a sequel. That's all we've seen since COVID really. And it's getting tiring. And the, the, uh, the, the audience has spoken. They've said, we want Mm -hmm. new stuff. We want something fresh. We want something new. We want to see what's going on. So that's also what we're here to provide is the freshest, newest news stories. Kirk, we've got a ton to get to plus our giveaway. We do have a winner of our giveaway and we're going to be announcing our August giveaway. But we're going to save that till the end. So you, you have to hang around. I know, Kirk. I know. Just let me know. Was it me? No. <laughs> of course not. Even uh, even if you were eligible, I would rig it so that you couldn't win, Kirk. We're, I mean, we would just have to make that happen. How would you know? What if I have a ghost account? You might. Maybe you maybe you did win. I don't, <laughs> when you put it that way, Kirk, I don't know. But I created 30 ghost accounts <laughs> with AI. Dang it. <laughs> I should have been smarter than this. Um, but no, we are going to give it away. I hopefully not to you. That would be, that would be really embarrassing, but we're going to do that. And we're going to announce our August giveaway, which I think 
will be really, really exciting. And we're going to get into all of the latest movie and TV news. There's a ton that's still going on. Some of it is SAG after related, which is, which is good. We want that to stay in the conversation so that it continues to move forward. But let's start first with a word from our friends at St. Louis area smoothie Kings. Uh, we, we love St. Louis area smoothie Kings. Kirk and I are, are smoothie fiends. We're always hitting up the smoothie King. Um, they have tons of locations here in the St. Louis area. If you're in, if you're in our neck of the woods, including over on the east side of the river where we reside, it, we're technically in Illinois. You know, it's kind of like it's the it's the New Jersey New York thing. It is that's going on, but they have locations in the city as well. So be sure to check them out wherever you are located. They are there to help you meet your nutritional needs. They're there to help you stay strong. They're there to help you just have a delicious smoothie, really. And and if that's all you need that day, that's all you need. Just go in there, get your delicious smoothie. There's so many flavors. There's all these different sizes. Mm -hmm. You can get a smoothie for everyone in the family. They have kids smoothies. Uh, They also have smoothie bowls. Kirk, have you heard of this? Oh, I've had them. Oh, man. These are great. I love the smoothie bowls because I like to say acai. Makes me feel... Uh, is that is that what base it, you order for yours? Yeah, that is the one I order. Do you uh, say it wrong? I don't know. Acai. Do you a- say acai? No, I think that's wrong. I think it's wrong too. But I really would like to say. <laughs> I think I'd it's like acai. The, I'd like the peanut butter swizzle uh, smoothie bowl with the acai. <laughs> yeah, base, it sounds. Yeah, it's like an onomatopoeia. It sounds like you're attacking yeah. someone. I'm I like to surprise that. the the drive through person next time. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know how many different pronunciations they get of it. Um, but whether you're choosing an acai base or a pataya base you've got to try smoothie bowls they're delicious they've already sold i think i read they've already sold two million smoothie bowls they just released them this year people are going after them because they are delicious combinations of premium ingredients they start with the base of acai or pataya um, which is you can also call that dragon fruit and they're nutrient dense superfoods and then you can add on to that with all the additions you would normally put into your smoothie and you can eat it with a spoon like you're eating your bowl of cereal mm-hmm. in the morning it's delicious it's uh convenient it's it's all of the things that make smoothies so great just in a bowl That's so right. you've got to check out smoothie king if you stop by and visit our friends at st louis area smoothie kings they're going to take incredible care of you they're going to get you started on your smoothie king journey if it's your first time and you're going to leave there energized and ready to go if you're in the city last last time we gave love to to those people here in our neck of the woods. But if you're in the city, you can check them out at 4475 Forest Park Avenue in St. Louis, and that's right next to Barnes Jewish Hospital, Mm -hmm. Um, right there near Forest Park, right in the center of it all. Um, Be sure to stop by and visit them. Remember, Smoothie King, nurturing passion, nourishing purpose. All right, Kirk. And with that, we are going to get into our what's poppin' movie and TV news. Yes. So alluded to it a bit. We love to talk about trailers whenever they pop up because that's, I mean, that's what's fun. Trailers are the best. They get you all, they get you hyped, you know? And Mm -hmm. we got a trailer. I I think you wanted to, I could feel you. I think you were going to say hot and bothered. No, I wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) I actually wasn't. I think you were. Should I? (laughs) I was, I was reading your body language. You don't get to tell me what I was going to say. I was not. (laughs) You know, this news trailer got me all hot and bothered. (laughs) Absolutely not. It didn't. It didn't. Just full disclosure. Well, it does say that. I want to say that for the record, actually. It does have Tom Hiddleston. So it does. Uh, Sophia DiMartino. It's got Owen Wilson, um, Kiwi Kwan. So, Mm. I mean, 
listen, there's a lot to get hot and bothered about if you, if, if that's what trailers do for you. I don't like the where we're heading, Kirk. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I'm, I'm scared. I don't like it here. I feel very unconfident. But um, Loki season two, it gets you hyped up for the new season. This is... You have to forgive me because I've been kind of out of out of Marvel world for a little yeah. bit here. This is the first season two we have gotten yes. for a Marvel MCU original series on Disney+. Plus. This is the first one. This is a big deal. It is. Because there have been a lot of stinkers in the MCU TV-verse. And this is a chance to move the needle forward. Yeah, we're going to... We'll get into that. We'll get into that about the stinkers. And I think... When you when you think about the MCU TV series and you think about stinkers versus non, you know the things that actually stuck out, the things that were 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 good. Loki is pretty close to the top of that list. In fact, for me, Loki is the top of that list of good MCU television content. Where does it sit for you? It sits number two for me. Okay, behind WandaVision. WandaVision's yeah. number one yeah. for me, and yep. and yeah, WandaVision's number two for me. So it's like those two are like it's it's them, and then there's. A big gap, and then there's everything else. That's right. Yeah. Um, but I was relieved, Kirk, you know, just talking about this trailer. I was excited about what I saw. I was excited to see the MCU look, I don't know, good again. Mm-hmm. It just, it, it, and I know that that's like reducing it to, to its most basic level, but there's a certain um, cinematic aesthetic that the Loki series in particular possesses. And I think some of the things that I've really disliked about some of the subsequent MCU series is that a ton of them just look cheap. Like they look like Disney channel shows a lot of the time. Yeah. And I think that that what I liked, what I've liked about Loki and what I liked about WandaVision is, is there was a clear vision on exactly what they wanted to go out and achieve. And there was an aesthetic that went with that and they went out and got after it. I think, Loki probably is the best poster child of that, but it was good to see that aesthetic again because it's like, okay, you feel comfortable. You're like, okay, this is familiar. I really liked season one. This looks good. Uh, What did you think of the trailer? I thought the same thing because when you have these properties, these giant films, you know how your money is going to get, where you're going to get your ROI directly from ticket sales, right? And then DVD sales and so on. But with the whole, the, the, the hiddenness and the, evasiveness of streaming you never know exactly how you get your dollar back so you can't put as much money into it however they put a lot of money into loki they're putting a lot of stake in it because it moves the whole plot forward uh between the multiverse and all the interconnected films and tv series so i really enjoyed seeing that look back and it even looked more uh, expensive. <laughs> it looked like a bigger production yeah. and there were more special effects and there were more far and distant places and it didn't feel like it was on a, a soundstage when yes. we were outside. Like uh, there was one episode in Loki, which I kind of hate uh, when the planet's exploding and yep. it didn't seem like any of that this time, which that they have a lot of, a lot of room to go out of places to visit. So this should be a home run should be a home run. Yeah. And I think it's, it's uh, that last statement should be a home run is is telling because I think where we're at in the MCU and I think many MCU fans are starting to feel this way is there's an unsteadiness there. There's a uh, almost a, a mistrust there now because it feels like through the first three phases of the MCU, I think, I don't know, 95% of people who actively would call themselves MCU fans would would rate 
the first three phases as favorable overall, maybe even very favorable mm-hmm. overall. Ever since then, though, Kirk, it's been a steady deterioration of the trust of the fans, of just the overall engagement of the fans. I mean, you can see it on Twitter. There's a lack of engagement. There's a lack of interest because a lot of these shows and, and frankly, the movies that have come out have not been to the same level of quality that fans have come to expect. And I think the one that is really um, catching my eye right now is Secret Invasion because Secret Invasion is the first time that I can remember um, over the last year where... MCU was in the conversation on Twitter, but in a bad way. Mm -hmm. Like there was an overall lack of conversation, but then secret invasion came out and people were talking, but they were talking about how bad it was, how bad it ended up being. And I was like, so we've gone from people talking about it every week because of how good it is to nobody talking about it to now people are openly dogging it and trashing it um, on a regular basis. And that is quite the journey that we went on there yeah it's the worst journey possible you want it to go in the exact uh you want to mix it up no conversation no actually <laughs> you, you don't want this at all yeah <laughs> it's, it's just bad it's just all around bad i i watched all of secret invasion have you cam no so here's and, and that's again that's telling too because right. during the heyday of the mcu which now i'm saying in a, in a retrospective way but during that there was nobody who was more into it than me. Like I was, mm-hmm. I was as into it as everybody else. I mean, sure there could have been more super fans, but I just mean, I was in it. I was oh, yeah. reading, I was reading comics. I was like digging out my old comics, trying to find different stories, buying new comics. I mean, I was in the thick of it, yeah. like coming up with fan theories, conversing with people on Reddit and Twitter and all this stuff. I loved it. It was fantastic. And now it's like, I didn't watch all of she Hulk. No, I didn't watch secret invasion at all and that is kind of crazy for me to hear but i got i got burnt out and i'm like dude if i'm getting burnt out if if i'm if i'm disengaging then what's happening to the mainstream like the more mainstream crowd who was where where the mcu made all their money like they're definitely disengaging yeah my wife aubrey she backed out on all of it she Mm. has uh, only watched wandavision and loki it took a really long time to watch loki with her and she has not seen many of the films since as well it really has put a damper on it because it used to draw people in so easily yes and the oversaturation and the reduced value of story production Mm. and overall intrigue has just dropped off entirely so this is their chance um, H every chance with them now is like uh, it's like a forgiveness tour. Like, uh, do you like this? <laughs> please, please tell me you like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, every single time. But that's the question, though, Kirk. And I think there's a few questions that come to mind as a result of this conversation. The first question that I have for you, and and really anybody who's listening who was an MCU fan and finds themselves feeling disengaged, maybe doesn't classify themselves an MCU fan anymore. Whatever, wherever you're at in your journey with that, the first question is is this salvageable? Like, first of all, would you use that term of like salvageable? Because salvageable means like it's, if you have to salvage it, that it's close to death or dead. Um, So what do you think? Is that a fair categorization? And, and is it salvageable? Salvageable is the right term (laughs) because it really is close to death. Um, Oh man. Is it, uh, is the MCU dead? 
Will it ever be what it was again? No. It will never be what it was mm. again. Never. It will. Not a chance. I think it has an opportunity for a revival, but whatever revival it is will be brief. Yeah. And then I think they need to sit on all of this for a long time quietly and just say, the MCU will return in three to five years, something like that. Because I know, but is that even long enough? That's the thing is like, this is all unprecedented. Mm -hmm. So how do you know what's the right amount of time to let it cook? What's the, what's the right amount of time to do you, do you hard reboot it after a certain amount of time? Do you just say, listen, this thing ran its course and it's done. Uh, I mean, what, like, what do you do? A couple of variables in play. We have to figure out that what Jonathan Major's future is because a lot rides on his casting and yeah. his personal woes. If he is cleared of everything and he comes back into the fold. I think you finish out everything that they've announced for the phases, but then I think they take a real hard stop and they say, look, there's going to be a, maybe there's even at the end of the final phase in King dynasty or secret wars. They say they have a flash forward to five years from that point in time. And then they have the date. It says, the Avengers will return in 2030, you know, whatever it might be. Wow. And then like legit, like the blip, we got to skip with them, but legit, if we would have to then wait out that time and have all of this build up, and then they really take the time and care. That would be the only way I feel like the revival could really surface all along the way with each property that that's still yet to be released in the, in the timeline to be strong and be concise and not messes like Thor four and Ant-Man yeah. Reception, yeah, that's drastic, though. Drastic. I mean, like, we're, think about how far we've come because we've had a lot of these state of the MCU conversations over the course of this podcast. Mm -hmm. Like, at the end of phase three, uh, into phase four, when phase four started to get shaky, we were like, All right, state of the MCU, what's going on? And we were both kind of like, It's gonna be okay, they're kind of weathering the storm, they're scaling up, these are growing pains, blah blah blah. Then we had another one, I think, after Quantum Mania, mm -hmm. and it was like. Listen, <laughs> quantum mania is exciting because of the, <clears throat> like the Jonathan majors, uh, Kang stuff that's going on that character and what they introduced in that movie and what they, what they provided. That was cool. But the movie kind of a mess. Yep. And now it's like, okay, we're, you know, we're on life support here. So my, I guess my other question is since we've never seen this before with the MCU, was it always going to end this way? Like, we were always talking about this is remarkable. You know, 27 films, uh, you know, pretty much universally critically loved and, and, and loved by fans. And they had this incredible run of box office wins. And it was just unprecedented, unbelievable. And was it always going to run out? Or was, was there a path here to, like, sustaining this in some way? Or... Was, was this always going to be the way that it was going to go? I think in this timeline, <laughs> I think the fact that we went over to the MCU series, TV series, yeah, that, uh, that variant disrupted the rhythm entirely. Yes, yeah, so you would say TV in general, bad call. Bad call. Yeah. Bad call. You could have had um, strictly like true limited series and had like three episodes here and there of something, something super beginning, middle, end, in order to uh, keep interest while the movies are being built. But this, it took away so much time from the creative team 
that it really messed it up. And the limited series that they did, they just could never get the pacing right. Even in Loki, which is a good show, you talk about the one episode where it's like, it's very like, well, episodic. Like we're doing this one thing. It's a means to an end. It doesn't have any sort of like major plot relevance. It feels very stagnant. Like they just could never quite calibrate it to get it right. Um, I don't know, man. I, I don't know what to think of the MCU. I am excited for Loki season two. So I guess I would interpret that as being like, this is their chance to revive it yeah. in some way. Like if this is a smash hit and they can keep the Kang thing alive. And obviously there's a lot of like off the screen type of issues going on there that, you know, have to be sorted out. Um, if they can do it, maybe this is the maybe this is the exit ramp to say like, okay, we're going to change trajectory here. We're going to get this thing straightened up. Yeah, I don't think you can reboot the MCU yeah. until like thirty or forty years from now if it dies because so many actors are in. It's true. Movies. No, it's true. It's true. <laughs> like to the to... point where people forget that they were in the MCU, like yes. Lawrence Fishburne. He's like, oh, I'd love to be in the MCU. It's like, dude, you were you were actually in Ant Man and the Wasp. As a matter of fact. Yes. Gwyneth Paltrow even forgets. <laughs> you know, and, you know, Christian Bale was like, what in the world? What the bleep is the MCU when he entered right. <laughs> into Thor 4? Yeah, it, it it would have to be. It's like a Harry Potter situation. You have every British actor in Harry Potter. You can't really reboot Harry Potter without the prequel. That's <laughs> no. going to be weird. But whatever, the the series. But it's going to be the same thing, but we need even more time to I get know. past it. It's this is strange times that we're living in Kirk and I don't know how they're going to sort it out, but I hope they do. I like superhero content when it's done. Well, uh, I hate that I've been disengaged from it, but I think I've been disengaged for good reason. I plan to watch secret invasion. Is it actually as bad as the reviews are saying it is? Cause the reviews are dreadful. You know, part of people who hate on the D on the MCU, usually DCU fans are like, it's just a vehicle to get them to reveal a new cameo and blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah initially that wasn't the plan with mcu it was we had real character building real storytelling and this one i feel that i feel 100 percent. there are about three things that come out of secret invasion mm. that are coming next in the story of the of the mcu and there are certain catalysts that move it forward in a very specific way but we've also seen that in movies that we haven't seen characters back from like where is shang chi like, yeah we right. haven't seen him since. oh it's been eons <laughs> that's the thing it's like you get introduced to a character in a movie or a show and then it's like years or like in terms of projects yes. because again like there was bigger gaps in terms of years before but in terms of projects it's like it's been 12 projects since we've heard anything about Shang-Chi, which had like this amazing after credits sequence that got everybody interested and yes. stuff. Yeah. I, Where's I Moon Knight? You Where, know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, there's just, it feels like there's so much time because there's been so much content in between them mm -hmm. and the whole thing feels so disjointed. Yeah. But the series itself is not good. Mm. It's still somehow better than Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but, but I still don't enjoy this series. Oh, man. That's that's tough to hear. That's tough to hear. <laughs> but let us know your thoughts on the MCU. I find this very fascinating. I've seen a lot of people talking about it, a lot of people talking about Secret Invasion specifically. So I guess uh, all press is good press. You know, there's people who believe that. So maybe the MCU is like, hey, at least people are talking about us now. They hate us, but they're talking about us. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe there's some silver lining there, but definitely let us know your thoughts. Other things 
to get thoughts on Kirk. You know, whenever there's a strike or, or, or some sort of battle going on or a legal case or something, you look for milestones. And the very first, I think, significant milestone to happen that affects the industry for the, for the WGA and SAG after strikes is that Sony has delayed a number of films directly related to the ongoing strikes, um, which makes it them the first major studio to really delay projects, basically citing the writers and actor strikes as the reason for that. Mm-hmm. So the, the films that are significant to be aware of is uh, Craven, the Hunter, which was due to come out this October 6th, uh, 2023 has been moved to August 30th of 2024, so almost an entire year. Beyond the Spider-Verse, which is supposed to come out March 29th, 2024, has been moved to an indefinite, indefinite um, <laughs> release date. So no no defined release date. Nobody knows when that's happening. Wow. And then this uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife sequel, which doesn't have a title yet, was moved from December 20th of this year to March 29th of next year, taking over Beyond the Spider-Verse's slot. Okay. And all of that info coming from Boris Kitt of The Hollywood Reporter. I mean, this has got to be the first of many more to come, right, Kirk? Unless this thing gets resolved very quickly. Yeah, obviously, you know, the folks over at Sony are like, <laughs> dude, this is going to be a long fight. And they they have reorged so many things. Um, not worried about Craven the Hunter, don't really care about that, it. There's a bit of relief there. Yeah. If I can be honest, there's, there's a bit of a, huh, you know, <laughs> I hate Just, to say that, but you know what? Take your time. <laughs> we'll see it when we see it. No, no major hurry. You do your thing. He's going to be, <laughs> the, all the actors are going to be like, wait, it's, it's 2060. <laughs> I'm 74 years old. It's going to be Morbius all over again, man. <laughs> it really would be bad. You know, Craven Hunter, who cares? Um, if it gets shelved indefinitely, that'd be great. Beyond the Spider-Verse, obviously, is the biggest name on that this sucks. list that we want to persevere. But we also have heard, uh, I don't know about you, but my TikTok feed has been filled with creative artists that drew on the film, that colored the film, of them saying, yeah, we were rushed. We were oh, no. We were abused. We were yeah. uh, like multiple, not just like a couple, like one-off or two people, like filled with the just a chaotic very uh, wild experience on that. So that I wonder if that's part of the indefinite for that because it's yeah. such a big project and they need to go back to those artists, apologize, adjust, and just do better. So Yeah, yeah I know Amy Pascal, um, who is the, the Kevin Feige of the Sony Marvelverse. Yeah. <laughs> um, she ended up commenting on some of those reports prior to the movie being released because there was a little bit of a bad PR wave rolling out as a result of that and was basically like, yeah, working in movies is tough. <laughs> I was like, oh. sheesh. Um, I mean, I'm I'm obviously generalizing her statement there. but No, it says right here, working <laughs> in movies was tough. That was exactly her quote. But yeah, I mean, that's something that they need to figure out. There were also reports that like people you know, this, this release date was out there of March 29th. And there were people who were like, like, like Haley Seinfeld. It was like, I haven't recorded any of my lines for that movie. And it's like, well, then that's definitely not coming out when they say it's coming out. <laughs> but overall that sucks because the first movie, like the second movie across the spider verse is meant to be a part one of two. Yes. So usually when you do that, you film them at the same time and you release them in, in rapid succession. Um, and they're just kind of not doing that. And I, I, I guess that's maybe why they tried, like they sneakily got rid of across the Sp- Spider-Verse part one 
because they were like, well, we don't want to like say it's a part one and then make people wait three years for part two and be like, here's part two. Part two but coming in 2027. It is a bummer. It is a definite bummer. We know that, you know, the second one took like five years to make and they talk all about that. So if the third one is behind, it's going to be a while. Um, Ouch. So that's a bummer. And um, I never saw Ghostbusters Afterlife. Even I though. actually didn't either. I thought that was really weird. I'm like, uh, it's it's Jason Reitman, right. who I like, Paul Rudd, um, like Finn Wolfhard. There's a lot. There's a lot of good, like, good actors and yeah. and writers and a good team behind that. And I like the Ghostbusters franchise. I was like, how did I never see this movie? That needs to change. It needs to change immediately. But I, I was actually kind of sickened by it. But I'm glad to hear that <laughs> that you didn't see it either because I'm like, man, who am I? What, what am I doing if I haven't seen this movie? So mm-hmm. we need to do it. We need soon. to rectify that immediately. Um, last two quick things to talk about. One, Justin Simeon. Uh, who is the director of the Haunted Mansion, which we're reviewing oh, this week, Yeah, was replaced as the showrunner on the Lando Calrissian series, which is being called Lando, um, and interestingly was replaced by none other than Donald Glover, Lando himself from Solo, and his brother Stephen Glover, who have signed on as the showrunners. And this is all according to Above the Line, which is a, a Jeff Snyder uh, publication. He used to work for Variety. He's an insider in the industry. He says that the Glovers have been attached to it for a long time, that Justin Simeon actually stepped out a while ago to focus on other, like, bigger directing projects that was going on. If you knock over my stuff, I'm going to murder you. Don't you dare. Don't you dare knock it over. I had to grab the Lando. And Funko. you're going to mess up the autofocus <laughs> with the bobblehead. It's going to be like face and eyes detected. <laughs> um, <laughs> but What's hilarious about this is that Donald Glover hadn't even been attached to this project as an actor. Do not. Get that out of my <laughs> face. He had not been attached to the project as an actor yet. And then it's like, well, he's writing the series. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to guess that he's uh, in it and not Billy D. Williams. Or <laughs> or maybe both of them are in it. He's I don't know. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Are you excited for... Basically, the news here, I guess, is that Donald Glover is returning for the Lando series and yeah. is also writing it. Is that a good thing? It is a good thing, but I do want our boy, Alden, to come in and be... Is his name Alden? <laughs> Who put... What's his oh, name? Oh, Alden Ehrenreich? Alden Ehrenreich, that's yeah. what it is. I want him to come in. He needs to come in. He deserves a chance for his portrayal of Han Solo to shine. I and know. it doesn't have to be like a buddy cop thing, but I do want him to appear and come back into the world. That's the only way that I'm going to really appreciate this. I would say that based on the way that Star Wars specifically has handled its business with the television shows, I would say there's a good chance of that. That's true. I think there's a good chance of that. Um, I'd be, you know, before this, before learning that Donald Glover was re- returning for the show and that's the direction they're wanting to go, which I guess I sort of always assumed, but I would have been surprised that they would do that. But mm-hmm. now that he is and that he's writing it, I feel like it's almost an inevitability at this point. Okay, then but, I'm fine. Because they, they work so well together. Yeah. Their, their characters are foils of each other, and they, they're they such a good they're team. They're both good actors, yeah. And if, you, if you'd if you throw one of them in without the the flair, the electricity of it, then you just have, it just doesn't, the magic doesn't work the same. And yeah. that's, that's, a, that's a, fo- a foul, a foul ball by Marvel. No, Star Wars. What are we talking about <laughs> same anymore? Thing. Same thing, they're all Disney. Disney. It's all the mouse, it's all the mouse. Um, yeah, I think that would be cool, but I also, you know, I know that they've, I'm honestly surprised they're even bringing back Donald Glover's Lando because they have kind of ostracized the solo project because yeah. they're just like, 
that was a mistake, which I, I wouldn't say that it necessarily is, but they view it that way because the fandom hated it and, you know. Listen to us right now. We were solo fans, and we still are. I liked it, yeah. So, all the haters out there. I think it's I think it's way overhated. I think it's, like, massively overhated. That's, I mean, I don't think there's any question yes. there. But I also think that was always going to be the case with it just because of the nature of the project and right. the nature of Star Wars fans being what they are. Mm-hmm. So, um, anywho. But Donald Glover's back. Him and his brother Steven are writing it. They've written things together. So take that for what it's worth. Final thing, final project to get that away from me. I'm going to murder you. I'm going to murder you in cold blood. But now this is uh, recorded evidence, so I'm going to have to let that sit for a while before That's I right. actually do the deed. Well, the wait, well played, Kirk. You have to wait decades before <laughs> you take me out. <laughs> well played. Um, last bit, and this is a, I'm oddly excited about this. Spy Kids is back, Kirk. <laughs> Spy Kids is back. And we got a trailer today for a Netflix movie that we knew was in the works um, for a while. But you know, like Netflix does, they like release a trailer like a month before something comes out and there's like, Oh yeah, this thing is happening right now. Um, that's what's happening with the spy kids reboot. It's called spy kids Armageddon, totally new cast of characters involved, but Robert Rodriguez is still directing it. Um, the music sounds similar, the aesthetic, the campiness of it all. Mm -hmm. And original spy kids, absolutely slapped it did it was i mean being a kid in that era and watching spy kids it was sick yeah so i'm hyped it really was i have like four points to to run across yeah let's go before we wrap things first of all uh the the boy so it was played by uh for junie and carmen the lead kids the lead yep. spy kids junie played uh was played by daryl sabara who is now married to megan trainer the musical artist right and they have just such fun content online like wonderful they've got a couple of kids it's adorable uh alexa pena vega uh, Peña Vega what has just been all over the map on indie films and just being a baller on the things that she carefully chooses her projects, but I'm hoping that we see one or both of them in this. You showed me the trailer for this. I forgot this was a coming. <laughs> <laughs> I used to think, and I thought it was a terrible idea, and you played the trailer for me, and I was like, oh, oh, okay. Like, I was really intrigued by how it played out. Um, so I'm a big fan of it now. Um Spy Kids 1 and 2, good. Spy Kids 3 and 4, not good. Uh, Shark Boy and Lava Girl, kind of the off-brand oh, <laughs> Shark Boy Kids. and Lava Girl is tough. Bad. And now we have this. And one of the things I always like to bring up about Spy Kids is that it has one of the best quotes in dialogue in cinematic history. Uh, Mr. Alan Cumming gets to say it in Spy Kids 2. And the quote is, do you think God stays in heaven because he too lives in fear of what he's created? Why? That is in a Spy Kids, baby. Spy Kids franchise movie. I, I have love it. no idea, but it is one of the most thoughtful and philosophical questions I've ever heard in a film. Yeah, they need to bring that same energy. They need to bring all that thunder with yes. them for this reboot. And we'll be just fine. We'll be yes. just fine. It looks like, I mean, like all Spy Kids, it looks like it could be absolute trash. <laughs> Um, but there's a certain beauty to that in a way. And I love full circle moments and I love in a weird way. I love that my kids still have access to all the stuff that I grew up with because we're, you know, we've got a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie coming out this week. My, uh, youngest kind of got into it and it was like the first thing that he by himself was like, this is something that I like before his brother was into it. And now we're all kind of going through like a, 
a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles phase. And that's what I was into whenever I was like five years old. Same. And so it's kind of awesome to have that. And I love the idea that my kids may have a new Spy Kids franchise to like grow up with in the same way that I did. So, And then when they get to that line in that movie, they're going to be absolutely blown they're away. Like, oh, Dad. Unbelievable. They're going to be shook. <laughs> and I can't wait. That's It's exactly how it should be. So... Spy Kids Armageddon, September 22nd on Netflix. You got to check it out. It's going to be must-see TV. All right. That's all we got for What's Poppin' Movie and TV News, which means, Kirk, at long last, we have to get down with the giveaway. This month's giveaway, as a reminder, was the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 4K Ultra HD Combo Pack, and that prize will go to me, Kirk, Doolin, I am the winner. Thank YouTube, you so much. Will you stop ruining the moment for the winner of this, you selfish, egotistical maniac? But I won no, it. No, shut it. Okay. Um I can't even I can't even think right now. I'm just seeing red Kirk. That's all I'm seeing. Are there two copies? No. There are, you can buy your own copy, Kirk. <laughs> uh, but the winner of that award goes to YouTube user. KL Wilson 22. So congrats, KL Wilson 22. Yay. If you are in the comments of this video, just drop us. First of all, send us an email to popcorn for breakfast podcast at gmail.com and then drop in the comments the handle of your email, not the at gmail or at Yahoo, just the, the front part so that we know to to take a look out for yeah, that. Put your address in the comments, your social security number, um, your password to all of your favorite places that you Blood go. type. Yeah. yeah, all of those things. Yeah. No That'd reason. Be great. Um, but yeah, just drop that in there and we will get this shipped off to you. It's actually not even here yet because it is so new that it hasn't even come out. So the pre-order, I think, arrives August 8th. We'll get it sent to you in short order. Thank you so much for subscribing, liking, and commenting on all the videos this week. We really appreciate it. All of you guys who entered. Yes. Really appreciate it. Next, August. We've got another giveaway ready to go for the month of August, Kirk. In this giveaway because it's a longer month because we started this in the you know the late part of July. We've got a bigger giveaway going. Okay. And the giveaway item is pretty sick. Okay. It is an everything everywhere all at once collector's edition Ultra HD 4K combo pack. This thing is absolutely sick. It's got a disc if you can see it on the on the YouTube video right now it's got a disc that looks like a burnt everything donut from the movie there's all kinds of goodies there's you know tax filing envelopes there there are so many amazing things this comes straight from a24 shop um, and it will be yours as well as all of the little uh, they send all these little um, things from a24 whenever you order something from them they yeah. stick like little um, like 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 stills from movies and things like that oh. in there and so we'll take all the cool stuff that they send you in that and we'll send it along to you. So, oh man, that's the giveaway item. You cannot have it, Kirk. <laughs> Go away, you troll. Please I will find a way. Leave it. It's really cool. I think you guys will absolutely love it. That's an Academy Award Best Picture winner right there, and it can be yours if you do the following. It's going to be a little bit different this month. First of all, you do still have to be a subscriber, but all the month of August, any episodes that we release. If you like them or comment on them, every like and comment will count as an entry. Oh, snap. Into the giveaway. So it's, uh, you know, you build your own 
chances. You know, you can you can max out your odds by liking and commenting on everything, but you don't have to like and comment on everything to be entered. Just one like will get you one entry. So however far you want to go to win this thing, that's your choice. Yeah. And if you're scared about like what you put on your comments, like uh, like if you have a little bit of anxiety, you could always do the classic like first, like first commenter. Yeah. I love those people. I'm like, no pressure. I see you. Uh, you could say, I hope I win the contest, you know, to like tell people yeah. that there's a contest going on to remind them, it's, which is really acceptable. Absolutely. It's going to be great. And yeah, you can, you can write literally anything you want. We're just happy to have the comments, happy to have uh, the conversation and it helps us out a lot for getting other people to be able to find this podcast and view it. So thank you guys very, very much. And get out there and enter. We are going to give it away at the end of August. I think we're going to be recording an episode right around Labor Day, yeah. which is when we will announce the winner of that. So get in there, get entered, and be sure to subscribe while you're putting in all these entries. Okay, finally, we have our very first review blog from Stefano, our PFB contributor. Um, he's writing for the website. He wrote a review of Past Lives, which I'm calling it because I want to. Okay. The best movie of the year you haven't heard of. And I know that some people have heard of it, and that's fine. But I just mean it's not being talked about. I think at this time last year, we were talking a lot about everything everywhere all at once, and it had kind of swept the nation. This is another A24 movie, another under-the-radar kind of indie film, but this one hasn't caught on to the mainstream wavelength just yet, and it's getting insane reviews. Stefano wrote about it. He's got lots of great thoughts. Go and check it out at Popcorn, the number four, breakfast.com. Yeah, I want to see that movie very badly. Absolutely. And it hasn't gotten its wide distribution yet to where I want to see it. And yeah. it hasn't released to digital yet, but I'm craving it. It's coming to the High Point Theater in St. Louis August 4th. So this Friday through the 10th. Well. So that's an opportunity. You've, you've solved all my problems. That's an opportunity to go see it. Um, other than that, later this week, we're going to have a review of two films, uh, and we're going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to review one film, and Kirk's going to review a different film. So we're recording that right after this, and it's going to be me reviewing The Haunted Mansion, Disney's release from the past weekend, and Kirk reviewing Netflix's They Cloned Tyrone, starring John Boyega, Tayana Paris, and Jamie Foxx. So be sure to tune in for that. Get your likes and comments ready so you can enter the sweepstakes, and we will see you then. But first... We have to give a special thanks to our executive producer, Ryan Spriggs, as well as the band Rhetoric that created all of our original music, our title sponsor, St. Louis Area Smoothie Kings, and of course, all of you for watching this video or listening to this podcast. We thank you very, very much, and we will see you later this week. Talk to you then. Yeah.